It's funny because people in the magic community, when I say I'm a nuclear engineer, it's the same response as when I'm in the nuclear world and I tell them I'm a magician. Like, <laughs> they're just like, are you you're taking a piss? No, I, I can't. Like, there's only so much I can say, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I work with the fuel um, and I work on the nuclear reactor. That but explains are, like, why you have such a tan in the UK because you're working around <laughs> nuclear energy. My- all the it's time. pure alpha radiation, that's all it is. Yeah. They're guys. They do magic. magic. They are the magic guys. What's up, Josh? What's up, Doug? And what's Doing up, magic guys? Welcome. Oh, sorry, I interrupted you way too early in the podcast. No, it's fine. We just start interrupting right away. Yeah. Things to come, people. Oh, what's up? Welcome to uh, the next episode of The Magic Guys. I think this is episode 88. And how the heck have we made it this far? But uh, it's good to see you, Doug. Nice we to missed be you back. last week. Mm. I missed and, being uh, here, but only a little bit because I was in pain and I wasn't missing much of anything. So, whatever. yeah, that sucks. That does suck. Getting old sucks. That's, the, that's what I'm learning every year. But hey, for an old guy, I'm still doing pretty good. You're doing great, man. You were doing great. You, no you're showing all the old guys, as you say, out there. Living the dream. How young I, just, you can be. I, need, I need some new parts. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you notice, uh, like, as you get older, your hands change with playing cards? Yeah, like for the sure. Moisture and- like the dryness is definitely a factor. Here's the, here's the working tip from an old guy. This is O'Keefe's working hands. Oh, damn. Uh, certainly for the colder weather when you get that kind of dry, cracky skin, but this is the stuff. O'Keefe's working hands. It's I've tried a lot of things. It's the it's the jam. Nice. I remember I remember Chris Kenner talking about some weird uh um vaginal cream that he was recommended to try. To, I remember um, that. I've heard I mean, we must have must be listening to the same things. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Um, and, and he was like, yeah, this gives you the perfect tech or he was told and he's like, it did, but the smell was just super weird. So he stopped it. Yeah. And then, and then there was like a whole arc to that story about how, do you remember this? Like the actual story that went with it? I'm wondering if it had to do with Homer Lee Wags, dry hands. Was that connected? You may as well, you know, you guys may as well watch the, the, the episode, but the, the brief story was. Kayla Morelli was working with Copperfield and Kenner and stuff at that time. And Kenner had tried this uh, vaginal cream, didn't like it, put it in his office desk, you know, for months, left it there. Kayla Morelli is doing magic to this guy. And, and he said, uh, you know, what would you like to see? And the guy just went, I don't know, if you could pull vaginal cream out of nowhere, that would be insane. And Chris Kenner heard that and knew exactly what the assignment was. <laughs> took it walked past Kalen gave it to Kalen and Kalen produced it and apparently you know the guy now believes in magic wholeheartedly yeah. is insane that that's a rare request talk yeah. about yeah synchronicity. insane but look we uh we have a cool guest today a return guest who some of you uh were a lot of you are excited uh in the in the instagrams when you found out he was coming back. So let's not I'm, waste I'm any one time. of those. Yeah, I was yeah, excited. Me too. <laughs> yeah. me too. Me too. So let's welcome 
Jack Rhodes. Yeah. Oh, wait, I always do oh. this. Uh, I always forget to change the uh, the soundtracks. All right, let's try that again. Jack Rhodes. There he is. That, that is some intro of that. Some serious PNG animations going on in that intro. <laughs> uh, no time you know, was spared. Yes. Jo- Josh is for hire if you need an extra editor. You know, we were talking about sourcing your stuff out. He's ready to the roll. The way that Foolish Trophy came in, I was like, Marvel Knit snapped about the CGI skills this guy's got. How are we doing? Right. Could, you read the, um, could you read whose trophy it was? Uh, I must have missed that bit. What was it? I was going to pretend like I actually edited in, in your name, but I didn't. But those, you oh. know, for those who want to know, can watch it again. It's way I'm too sure. much effort for this skit. I still love yeah. the little, uh, the little Doug as well. The little like uh, weird animated Doug as well. That's brilliant. Doug, oh mate, that has become a staple in our podcast now. Not not only that, but also our logo. You'll notice that your animation that. of Doug you gave us is now part of. Looks nice. Looks smart. Uh, thank you for that. Jack is Jack is more more involved in the magic guys than we realize he we, you know his animation work is in front of us every week i'm like an infection just poisoned the podcast <laughs> yeah do you do you work as an artist on that level in a professional capacity at all you ever do an art uh, i have done i've done um commissions and stuff mm-hmm. uh full-time i'm a i'm an engineer but you know past life i've done stuff like that if i were to ever go uh, full-time creative career i probably would take up more of the art stuff because you know i you know mm. i used to do caricatures and stuff and i i was thinking like at one point it'd be quite cool to like be the magician and the caricature artist at a wedding like that would be you could do two no things doubt. you double dip. Mm-hmm. yeah so maybe that's a, something to think about that's a long day but- yeah yeah. You worked as a caricature artist, like out in the wild, or how not you, out in the wild, that? more uh, more like uh, just like going off photo reference. I used to do mm. with the whole video production. The, the videos I used to start with were called. Um, there's a TV show in uh, England. I don't know if there's anything similar where you guys are called Art Attack. Oh uh, yeah, um, I remember Art Attack. Yeah, well, I so I did a series called Art Attack where I would do drawings <laughs> of uh, celebrities. I do caricatures of celebrities. Um, a little bit like your caricature, Doug. Um, and then I would do like a bit of a roast. I'd do jokes about the celebrity, so it'd be a caricature roast. And the videos were good, but it's a bit of a niche video. I Like no one's searching caricature roast. And unless you've already got like a, an audience there, no one's going to look at it. But that's how it started. And then I started doing the magic stuff. Um, and that, you know, took off a little bit more. But yeah, the caricature stuff, I've always been doing drawings and like pencil drawings and sketches like... That, I started doing that before Magic, really. And I think having uh, an artist's eye, so being able to look at a, a reference photograph and drawing it and knowing what the differences are, helps when you're doing sleight of hand because you can see, right, this move, this is what it should look like, but I'm doing yes. it this way. How do I get it? Like, it's a similar process in a weird way. No, I don't, I've thought about doing a Magic comic book. I've, I think this would be a good learning uh, tool. Have you, have you ever done a comic mm. book or approached that medium? Um, yeah, a little bit. I've done, when I was a kid, I used to do comics. Um, 
I, I did too, like, but I, I'm just a yeah. horrible artist. I can't draw at all, but I love uh, well, the comics. The, I think with a comic, it's more about the idea, though. I don't think you necessarily have to be able to draw that well. Yeah, right. So, I, you know, I'm actually interested in telling, like, the story. And the idea here is that it's a, a back of room for work in the street. So you have a – it's a day in the life mm. of a street magician comic. And so through this comic, maybe you're doing magic and you explain a couple tricks to the reader. Maybe there's a magic experience within it. And then at the end of the day, it's a souvenir for whatever venue you're working. Be at the street, you know, be, uh, yeah, that'd like, be cool. you know, a nice tip and you get this. Or even a back of the theater show. I think a comic is a nice touch. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You could actually go, you could go more than a comic and go for a cartoon. If you get Josh's PNG animations, you can make a cartoon of the comic. And get Josh's lead animator. That sounds like that's out of my budget. <laughs> hey, Depends anything's possible. I, I was quickly trying to find. Um, I went and saw Steve Cohen's Chamber of Magic on my thirtieth birthday, and uh, that's the coolest. Bought, that's like one of the coolest sentences I've ever heard. Oh, it's bloody cool! But no doubt, he, right? <laughs> he produced a, a a comic book of sorts, and um, and I had yeah, it. He has, I had it, he I has had a graphic signed. novel. That's right. Yeah, I couldn't find it. This is just the the thing you get when you go to the show, but I couldn't find it. That's what I was trying to quickly. You know, the thing uh, is with our podcast is we never know what we're going to talk about. So I can never yeah. have. <laughs> Unlike Doug, who seems to have everything readily available next to him, I am surrounded by magic at reach. <laughs> I designed the cave appropriately. Yeah, I can't <laughs> except find except the books. If I have to get a book, it's over there. Yeah. We need a wide-angle lens on your studio, though, and just see the absolute carnage yeah. surrounding you. Well, there we go. Well, that's, oh. not <laughs> that's not the best yeah. look, but and that camera sucks. That's the close-up view. Yeah, we need we need a better uh, third camera, and then we'll have that for you. Stay tuned. That's professional, though. Just wait for that next Facebook payout. Yeah, right that, they're going down. They're, like, not... You know, like any good gold mine, people find out about it and the waters get muddled. Not that I'm yeah. complaining. It's still good to be me there, but. Is that good. only available in the U.S., that one? You know, I've heard of a lot of friends and I'm very happy that I've made recommendations to other friends who've been successful about getting monetized. Is it only available in America? That's a good question. I don't know. Mm. I think the Instagram one is definitely for now. So I'm assuming Facebook is the same. You know, if it is, I can't imagine that it stays that way forever you know no, i've uh, seen i've seen comms where they said it's, they're going to roll it out internationally but for now it's only us i think yeah bastards so hey, um david made a good point. on that for sure yeah I, do you remember this comic book doug uh john armstrong's smoking mirrors i do we were talking about that it's actually going to reference patrick redford or george tate he was the first one i think to make groundbreaking comics that were instructionals and he had a series of them their names are quite cryptic. They're hexagon or their shapes, and I can't recall their titles. But Patrick Redford, he did it right. I haven't seen John Armstrong's thing, but uh, yeah, obviously I only know of it because in um, in that Netflix series, I think yes. it's just called The Magicians. They uh, follow his journey of of him creating them, and he oh. like puts uh, what's that what's that contract called the the princess contract. Yeah. So that's exactly what I was going to talk there. about. Right. You haven't yeah. been there. I see. And I haven't seen that, but yeah, it's cool. It's, yeah. It's a good documentary that Jack. I want to ask you about this, bro. Okay. For those watching, 
this is a uh, pretty crazily edited video. Oh man, I love this one um, so much. It's like it definitely it definitely went viral in my feed, and then the company that you used to make this uh, have started pumping it out as well. Unless yeah. it's secretly your company, maybe. But look at all this. This is crazy. Look at all these transitions. This was this is, a brand? Uh, was this a brand deal for you? Kind of. This was. Um, I did a. I did a program. There's a, a a program called Creator Now, which was run by a YouTuber called Eric. I don't know if you know him. Right. There's a lot of like challenge style videos, but he does a, a a YouTuber creator program called Creator Now, and they have like brand deals as part of it. So this was like a competition. So the Video Leap app uh, basically said. We want you guys to come up with a, uh, a video where you can demonstrate the, uh, what you can do with the app. Um, in like there you seconds. go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, and then the, the winner of the prize gets uh, gets all this money. A million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A million dollars. Yeah. I didn't win it, but they did say um, we can use yours and you know, tag it on Instagram. So it was like I think they did quite well out of it because they had like a hundred people all use their uh, all use the app and then basically say, oh yeah, we'll give you permission to use it but like that whole video that was literally like right i've got an idea i want to do all this cool stuff um and they've got like a beats feature in the edit so you can like you know where the timing of the okay. drum beat is uh, and i was like right i'm just going to improvise and then hopefully it'll look good when it comes to editing all together but like that was all done on a mobile phone so you can imagine like editing yeah these like complex edits oh, it's so difficult hey but that's how like i a- got started on the luma fusion on the iphone i've done, i did all my edits yeah. in year one on luma fusion luma so fusion is it's good. It's a, yeah, I do it. I use iPad now, iPad Air. I love it on there. I love that editing experience. Yeah. But how, how long did that take you, that video? From start to finish, six hours, something like that. Six hours. It, which is actually quicker than most videos. Um, Can you speak have, like, a little bit about the app that you used? Like, Because uh, I try to recommend apps to friends. I use LumaFusion, but if you don't have iOS, you're kind of screwed on that boat. So do you have app uh, app suggestions maybe? Like, would you well, that, I mean, that, that one, one? That yeah. one is quite good for, for like quick content, like short mm-hmm. form and stuff. But you, you get, like, and what is that again? Stuff. Video Leap? Video Leap. Leap. Yeah. Okay. But like they've got loads of like presets. So it's good yeah. for like collages. If you've got like a lot of photographs, you've been on holiday, you mm-hmm. can plug in like a preset and it'll do like in time with music with all this flashy stuff. Yeah. I sound like I sound like I'm sponsored by Video League. I'm not, but it is quite a good app. But um, for all the other stuff that I do, I use I used to use LumaFusion, then I moved on to Final Cut, um, and I'm currently learning Premiere Pro. But that's a whole different story. Yeah, well, welcome to the Premiere boat. So I've got like Final Cut uh, trial <laughs> on my Mac right now, but that's a deep rabbit hole. Uh, I'm I'm leaning more towards DaVinci. Have you tested that at all? Have you? Played I have. Yeah, I've done DaVinci. I would say if you are used to LumaFusion, Final Cut isn't that big a leap. Mm-hmm. I would say you're in good stead starting with. All right then. Uh, mm. Yeah. Well, then I'll probably and, just and stay definitely. That and also, yeah, Doug, and DaVinci is free. Hey, I love that. <laughs> But I also love Mac products, so I'm a sucker for the uh, Mac universe in all fashions. Mm. Well, yeah. you know, I don't want to, I don't want to tempt you or anything. But that little intro we did at the start with the PNGs was in Premiere Pro, so you know, look at that. Well, if that Amazing is the quality balls. to expect it, I didn't, I didn't get on Premiere Pro <laughs> straight away. Yeah, and and you know, I made that in five minutes, like literally just before I jumped you on. You can't so. tell. <laughs> Thank you. 
the most quality thing in there is your debauchery of Doug <laughs> that's, uh, that's in, in the intro. Time well spent. Yeah. We've got a few people in the chat that are using similar things. David's saying he uses DaVinci. That's great. Um, that's I was it. ready to go no with that before, before I switched to the Mac. I was like, sure, that was the way I was going to go. And then I switched to the Mac. And now I'm thinking Final Cut's the answer. It just makes sense. If you've got a Mac, Final Cut is yep. a no-brainer, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Well, I think, you know, ideally in the end, yep, that's the best. Uh, he's just showing us his editing skills now, it's a, Jeff. It's a, it's a vanish. It's a Rhodes vanish. Boy, see, that <laughs> was good. He's back. See that? That was that, that was Premiere Pro for you. That was a <laughs> little demo. That's what we thought. That's what we appreciate. Ah, Patrick uses uh, iMovie, the classic iMovie <laughs> on the Mac. I nice. made many a many a film with iMovie in the day. But he a says film. I don't even have a computer. Well, that's class, man. Yeah, interesting. It's class. Well, yeah. Ideally, the the program you really want to end up using is uh, Fiverr where you employ someone to do it for you. We were just talking yeah. about that off air. That that's the, th- 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 This editing thing is really what takes uh, the time, right? Yeah, and I do think uh, video production, I think, is going to become more and more important. Like, you look at, any, you look at anything content-wise, it's all video, basically. Instagram is becoming a video app. Um, I think yeah. even just, like, for your CV, for normal jobs, being able to produce video content and having that understanding is going to be massive. I read an article that was like... Um, Having a big social media following is almost looked at for like a creative career, more importantly yeah. than having a degree uh, in a certain subject. Like this whole social, like we're just at the start of it now. This whole video production and social media side is just, it's, it's insane, just exploding. Right? Yeah. I heard, I heard that uh, there's a thing going around that Instagram wants to have a for you page now, just like TikTok, where that will be the primary feed. And uh, I saw it because apparently, Kim Kardashian is is running a campaign against them doing it, but they want to right. basically become like TikTok so that they can have this massive feed. Doug's grinning like this is a. Of course, the uh, meaningless content creators don't want open, <laughs> open like you know. That's the thing about TikTok's algorithm; they'll throw anything at you and give them a chance. You know, Instagram is going to be a little more selective. Of course. Yeah. Well, I think. The- all, all the creators that have spent their time building uh, an audience, they're the ones that are pissed, you know, because anyone yeah. that has millions and millions of followers has now got to make good content. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's crazy. And you know what's crazy now too is I went out and did street magic the other day and I got uh, my cameraman to hold the camera sideways because I knew it was going to be edited as a vertical video. So there's no point in filming it this way, like yep. no point at all. Yep. Um, yeah. It's I'm weird that that's the new standard, isn't it? That is an odd concept. It's it's so annoying because it's horrible for video, in yeah. my opinion, but it's the way that people will watch it. Now, there's still room for great long form content. I, you know, I think uh, YouTube's going to be on televisions at least for the next 20 years. And, yeah. uh, and they'll yeah. adapt as time goes on, as they are right now, moving into the vertical age with shorts. So that's a good long forms going nowhere. For sure. For sure. But like if I uh, record something horizontally, oh, yeah. it's going to be great for YouTube, but I can't use it in any of the other, you know, three yeah, places. You know, I think if you, you can, you just shoot wide and, you know, get the best camera you can. 
yeah. I think YouTube and long form is definitely like the long term. For me, it's gonna for be, me. It? If I'm looking at any job security with my efforts, it's that it's got to be that long term. Like I can't think. Okay, Facebook is paying me this month. Not yeah. even sure they'll pay me next month, much <clears throat> less two years from now. Who knows what's going on with the Wild mm-hmm. West? But I yeah. bet YouTube's going to be there, plugging along. I don't I think actually, TikTok is going to be there for long, pure, and not ooh, because of the the way ooh. it is, but I think because the China implications, uh, ah, the implications yeah. are key. I, I can't see that holding up. I don't know. Well, well, Trump tried to get rid of it once before, right? In he did, US. yeah. Boy, that was a tentative. That was a I don't know the even the right adjective, but that was a tightrope part part of my life. Then I go all in on the TikTok, and now you know if they get rid of it, I couldn't care less to be honest with you. Mm. But um, <clears throat> fortunately, I adapted to other platforms. We were talking about how great Instagram is for, in particular, I think what we're doing. You know, maybe a, a guy who does a minute presentation doesn't work as well on TikTok, and. Uh, so for me, you get an audience that's a little more receptive to the arts on something like Instagram. It's a better life for a content creator there. Yeah. Podcasts yeah. are definitely received much better on YouTube these days, I think, than um, even like you know Spotify and stuff because I come here for my podcast if I'm at yeah. the gym, at the gym because I can turn my phone off and the audio will keep playing. Yeah, here's something funny. I can flick it on and I can see the video. I know Spotify has started doing video, but most uh, of the guys I listen to. Yeah, I, my understanding is YouTube, on. they're putting a lot of uh, focus on their podcasting mm. section of their app. It's going to be, it's becoming more and more of a thing. And a lot of experts say this is what really people should be doing. Certainly if you're starting in this field and want to get some track, some traction, you know, if you're like on ground zero, don't know what to do, start a podcast, do a video podcast. Yeah, exactly. And then you get uh, someone amazing like Mika. He he can make those short form videos. There you go. Exactly that. You start, you chop it up and move it around. A lot of podcasts have taken off, haven't they? We're just having the clips as short form and then a quick link at the end. Yeah. I see it all the That's time. what I was it's saying before. Trip. That's what I'm trying to do with my even my thing. It's like, hey, here's what I did on YouTube today. Come take a look at the long form, you know, and just yeah. give them a minute of what happened. Yeah. You know, if I wasn't doing full-time magic and I was trying to find another job, what I would do is I would start making short-form videos for content creators and and send them to them and be like, yo, I can make this stuff. You know, this is how much it costs. If you did that every day, you would have, I think, a full catalog of clients like in no time because everyone wants that person, but no one believes that they can make content. Like no one thinks they have their same vision. Right. And that they'll not know how to edit it. But, uh, but I don't think anyone's doing that, like going out of their way to just make it for someone. It's a good good suggestion. And in this day and age, as it's becoming more and more important and less people have these skills that need them, Mm. There should be a wide market of opportunities for uh, the entrepreneur for these things. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I need a new camera. Never mind an editor. What's my going on there, Mr. Rose? Don't know. <laughs> you don't my, know? Uh, I, I, I've hooked up to my Sony camera and it just yep. keeps flicking on and off. So I've had to, mm. I'm, on the, I'm on the Mac camera. So I have to put up with a poorer quality. At least it's uh, a podcast. It should be stable. So it's the, it looks good. You know, it's fine. Yeah. 
You still have more of a tan than me, and you live in the UK, so you know you're doing. It's the just orange fine. filter I've got on. Ah, right. <laughs> it's, it's not really. <laughs> I got the I got the ghost filter on. That's what <laughs> that Casper filter. Casper filter, the cap filter. That's what I'm talking about. How shiny is uh, my forehead though? Like now, this is ridiculous. No, it's good. I have a second uh, monitor now. I can see the podcast. Don't speak to me about monitors. Do you remember last time I came on here? My yeah, monitor was that's... smashed. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I what? do remember. Just, have uh... you since repurchased that? or? I have not. I've just uh, got used to editing on two-thirds oh, of the screen. No. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, no. See, gear doesn't matter. You just make it work. What, you work with what you've got, and then when you can afford right. it, upgrade. But yeah, it's that's... you know, if you if you just bought all the gear from the very beginning, you'd never learn how to use it properly. You've got to incrementally. I think it's the same yeah. with magic. You've got to gear up as as you learn as you go along. Yeah, makes total total sense. If you guys are asking again, as always, where's Jason? Um, <clears throat> I, I I was telling Jack this, but I don't think I told you, Doug. I mean, you saw it in the chat. Jason's bloody got COVID, got himself some COVID, and uh, but he's on the ship, so unfortunately he has to stay on that ship in quarantine. So that's where he is today, my friends. I'd like to um, think he's entered the realm of bare knuckle boxing, and somewhere in like Thailand, he's he's going Rambo style, eking out a living hardcore. That's what I think's going on. But that's just for me. Secretly, yeah, secretly, that's what's happening. It's a sexier story than being sat alone in his cabin. Coughing yeah. and spluttering, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, Bob's got a good pro- uh, good question here. He wants to know when Jack is going to make an appearance on Oprah. I tell you what, Bob is going to, at this rate, Bob is going to start a petition trying to get me on Oprah. Certain people <laughs> comment try to get me on different shows. There's another guy who tried ah. to get me on uh, Alan Carr Chatty Man, <clears throat> which is a UK show. Yeah. And Bob's, Bob's thing is Oprah. I might just do it <laughs> just for him. I just send it to him and, and never upload it. <laughs> make it like his own personal uh. cameo video. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or edit had- Bob on Oprah. I think that's really what he wants. That's his. Uh, that's that's what will fulfill the dream. Edit Bob Possible on Oprah. Send him that video, and then finally he might say, "All right, yeah, happy with that now." That's what I was going to ask. Do people ask if you can do those videos, but with them in it? Oh yeah. We, you know what it's like uh, with any skill. Like people will be like, "Oh, can you just do that for us?" Not realizing how many hours mm. of effort that goes into doing something like that. It's like, oh, can you put me on there? Can you put me on Love Island? It's like, well, not really. <laughs> Maybe no. that's a niche market for you, is superimposing yeah. people onto shows. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. good. That's pretty good. David, does, well, uh, David has a good question. What are your long-term goals after blowing up with the parody videos? Because they've been this doing well. It. I've seen it. But what's the next step? Yeah, it's a good question. So the parody videos are like, um, you know, I, historically it's been uh, editing myself on talent shows america's got talent britain's got talent and i think the reason they do well is because initially people click on them thinking they are the real thing like the thumbnail is quite convincing the intro is quite convincing and they're edited in a way that initially it you, you it takes a little bit to spot that it's not real um and then i start doing daft stuff where i'm doing this and i'm getting a stand innovation and then i think people start to realize but <laughs> like it's i can't oh, keep doing so them uh, I said to myself, I'll only do it again if I have a good idea. And then I had a good idea. But the last one was uh, I got an artificial intelligence bot to write the script for it. So you know these AI bots that will generate like movie scripts and it's absolute nonsense. I was like, I wonder if I do that, if it will still go viral. 
Um, and it did. And I'm going to do an explanation video on how, how that worked. But to me, this is... Was like it magic-themed? Long... Yeah, it was magic-themed. I was... Wow. Um, yeah. I don't know if anyone's ever seen this AI stuff, but there's a website called shortlyai.com. And you put in like a sentence. So you put in Jack Rhodes walks on the stage of America's Got Talent. Then you press um, write for me. So you click that, you give it a second, then it starts generating all this text. And it writes a story for you. So wow. you can do like a short story. This, like I can see like students using it for like dissertations and all sorts. If ever you want to do a script for a YouTube video, put like a little rough idea, put it in this AI generator and it sends out a script. Now, half the time, it's absolute bollocks. Like this, this uh, audition for America's Got Talent, some of them were like, um, Jack makes a broomstick appear and then a mop appears behind Simon Cowell and the audience starts clapping. And I'm reading it thinking this, like, <laughs> this is absolute garbage. But some of them, some of them were quite good, but I picked the funny ones. So one of them was, um, ask Simon to name any card. Uh, and then the AI goes, right. So the, the AI says, right, Simon Cowell names the seven of hearts. Jack fans through the cards, but he starts chucking them up and he catches one card. And it's the seven of spades. It's the wrong card. But the audience goes wild, standing ovation. And it was like, this doesn't make any sense. So then I filmed it, did the whole thing, had Simon name a card, then picked the wrong card. And no one spotted that it was like, it was like written by this bot. It, they were just like, why did he get the golden buzzer? I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> like, wow. it's, it's actually, weird. It is weird. interesting project. I love it. Yeah, well, and then I've, I was planning on doing something where, like, I wonder if I could go out and perform magic tricks that have been written by artificial intelligence and see if they work. But I don't think AI, like I've done a few, AI doesn't quite understand what comprehends a magic trick. Yeah, um, right. That's a weird area for AI. Yeah. I feel uh, like there's a lot of open possibilities here. Like, could someone do a, a, a pickup artist show about that? Like, writing lines to impress women with ai yeah you know you can literally or, do uh, anything you could do like a short story there's like there's two options write a story or write an article and you pick on whichever one you want so for my thing i do i went for a story but you could literally do like anything this ai thing is mental and no one's I'm heard thinking, of it. what i want now mm. is like an ai with all the card moves and then you have a plot or something you just say i want to do this trick and it just says well here's the best most yeah. efficient, you know, you need a second DL a pass and a, uh, you know, a double lift. Mm. We know yeah. it's, I mean, you know, it's really scary. What's really scary is this image creating AI where yeah, you can, dolly. you can type that. That's what it is. Was it dolly? dolly I've yeah. played with that yeah. one. I've played. That's, that's a little too surreal. The results I've got, although maybe you got to play with it a little more than I do. Yeah. Like well, the idea of it. I was going yeah. to get the uh, the AGT parody thumbnail created by Dali. So I typed in <gasps> America's Got Talent Golden Buzzer Audition. And the images it generated were like horrific, like stuff you'd seen in nightmares. It, it's like oh. no one's going to click on that. But it yeah, would have been so good to have the entire thing made by AI. Yeah. For, the, for those listening, the idea is that you, in text, you you describe a picture and then this AI will create it for you. And I believe what they want it to be able to do is in the examples they give, you can upload a picture and it will create like multiple versions of that picture, like different angles and, yeah, and things right. like that. Just crazy. And sometimes it's really good. And then sometimes it's awful, but the times when it hits is like mind blowing. Yeah. 
I didn't really answer the question though with a long-term strategy. Anyway, the parody stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. I can't see myself doing a parody all the time. I think they are good for bringing in new viewers, um, but I don't want to be relying on them like long-term. So I will sort of be shifting towards um, away from the parody stuff and more towards like nice idea generated stuff. So the thing I'm working on recently is I have, um, I'm getting a mate of mine who's never done magic before. And in 30 days, he's going to go out on the streets and perform street magic, David Blaine style. So it's documenting the journey of someone who's never done magic before. Can they become Love essentially a, a pro level, mm. pro level magician in 30 days? So it's like a four week challenge. And at the end of each week, there's going to be a new uh, challenge. So it'd be four videos, one for each week, documenting the whole thing. Uh, the first week he has to do like uh, a trick to a friend. The second week, well, I filmed it all, so mild spoilers. But the second week, I roped him in to do a 10 minute act on a stage show. Um, after two weeks into learning magic, and yeah. like, oh, the press, like I, hmm. it, it, I got him to do it, and I was almost like to the point where I was like, this is almost like a prank thing because I feel so bad getting putting this pressure on him. Like he was so nervous, but he was so buzzing afterwards. Uh, and we've just finished week four where he's gone out and done the street magic. I won't give away anything happens, but that is like, that's the sort of thing that I can see with the right packaging doing quite well. And that's really what I want to be doing. I want to sort of move away from the parodies where I can. I'll still do the odd one because they, they're good for bringing in viewership, but that's the sort of big ideas I want to be sort of chasing now. Stuff that hasn't been done before. Stuff that's like thinking outside the box. I remember like last time um, Jason was taking a mick a little bit saying that, because um, I mentioned about street magic and he was like, ah, oh, it's all been done before. It's all been done. But I, I'm like, no, that's a challenge. That well, Let's find something new that hasn't been done then. So this thing where it's like, all right, street magic book from a guy who's literally been doing magic for 30 days. Let's see how he does. Stuff like that. Because um, I don't think, I don't think quite like magic has not been tapped into on YouTube or, or video platforms the way it still can be, I think. Stuff yeah, that, as, like, a, as, a, as a performance art, it has not. Definitely. definitely. You know what I was happy to see, although a, a little disappointed, but still happy to see uh, Piff the Dragons full comedy special released onto YouTube. It's like, here's mm. an hour full editing, yeah. great production. I was just a little disappointed in the magic, but that's me. That's a magician's brain working, right? Like, you know, he had, he had pin on there. Is his dad? Did you guys see the thing? I'm sure you did. Huh? It's funny. I haven't I'm watched still, it. Still to I, watch it. Yeah. yeah. But I was excited to see a full special coming out. Yeah. <laughs> but this is, I think proving that there is an audience <clears throat> for, even our specials, but certainly to bring a full theatrical style presentation to YouTube yeah. for variety yeah. artists. Because we had just spoken with Wes Barker about how there's no, it's really hard to go somewhere and watch a full magic special anywhere these days. And then Piff brought that out and I was like, oh damn, I hit him up about it. He's like, yeah, man, I'm pitching mine every day to, uh, you know, to Netflix and stuff. Um, but, you know, even, um, Comedy is evolving too. Like, I don't know if you guys follow Andrew Schultz at all. Um, yeah. Big comedian in the US. And he just, there was a little story with him where he filmed a special, you know, cost hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And um, one of the streaming net networks bought it from him, but then wanted to edit out some of the jokes because they were just too crazy for their platform. And he went, no, F that. And he bought the special back from them. Wow. And then he used uh, Moment House 
to which is a web uh, a, a website where you can host a watch party for something like a special and he put yeah. it out so he put it out independently for his um uh viewers and and uh, followers and stuff to support him and buy it and he ended up making more money doing that in the end and now he yeah. owns you know he didn't have to edit anything um it did over- I think that's going to revolution that's going to revolutionize uh, stand-up comedy specials definitely that's a Insane, massive right? baller move yeah like definitely. you know given he has a massive following with his flagrant uh podcast and his youtube and everything but you know he made like over a million dollars in pre-sales before it even came out you know yeah so, the technology is more accessible and the gear is more affordable more and more uh, individuals yeah. artists will go to do their own thing and tv professional television will become less of a thing. No doubt about it. I'm sure in 10 years, we're just all going to be live on the internet all the time. Like, you know, yeah. the, I think it's live, like, live yeah. video is the end game. It's almost like the decentralization of performing arts. It's like the crypto of uh, magic is live we're all going to be doing our own thing rather than being owned by or being on network TV, that sort of thing. Don't, yep. The only challenge is, I think, uh, obviously, live performances don't ever translate as well on camera as they do in person. So the live, you know, that's probably like what you're saying, Doug, with Piff's show. Like, you're watching it, and it's never as good seen on a screen as it is in person. And so that's I think, always, magic is always that way across this the is board, where I think, no matter who yeah, you are. Mm. Yeah, definitely, yeah. But this is where I think if you can do stuff that only translates on camera. So if, you, if you've got that yeah. in mind, that's yeah. where you make the most of it. Right. So this whole yeah. thing... You can, you, you can storytell better, right? Like you can, instead of having to say the origin of a trick before you do it, you can show the footage of you growing up learning this thing or yeah. showing yeah. the creator that, you know, you can use that, those um, video uh, effects and things to your advantage, like how uh, yeah. Derek Delgadio's in and of itself did, you know, all the extra stuff that went into it made it yep. feel exactly. like you were, you were there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it'll be like virtual reality. So it'll still feel like you're going to the theater, but you're just putting on a virtual headset and now you're in one of the seats at the yeah, theater. We've talked about this briefly. I, you know, mm. is there a magic show in the virtual world in the metaverse? I think there is. I'm so annoyed because before COVID, that was a, an idea in my head. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, wouldn't it be funny for like a fringe show if, uh, there is an actual theater and people do come into the theater, but I'm not even there. It's like a show that's already been made, but they come and sit down and they feel like they can see a show on. And I was like, but I, I'm not even to 1% decided to make it a real thing. But if I freaking had, <laughs> and then COVID hit, I could have had, you know, a sellout amount of shows, but you know, from people's homes. Yeah. Um, I've got a list of video ideas things. that are like dream, dream ideas that one day I'd love to get to. And magic in the metaverse is one of them. I think that mm. the first person who does that, it will take off. If you can did figure we, out. Did we talk magic- about this last time you were here? Did we talk? I think do so. you recall? Uh, okay. I think so. so. You, uh, you think it's viable, huh? Uh, I, as a one-off interesting YouTube video, yeah. As a actual performing platform, I'm not so sure. Uh, it takes it because you would never trust if what you're seeing is a result of the magician or a result of the technology, I think is the issue. 
yeah. you'd have to have someone who has a deep understanding of the technology to be able to differentiate between what is the trick and what is actually just uh, them manipulating whatever app they're using, I think, is the issue. Yeah. Unless you're, you know, reading someone's mind or, you know, affecting something that's in their yeah. personal space, it becomes a bit more believable. Like I've noticed in Zoom shows, mind reading effects hit pretty well because it's still, whether you're doing it on a camera or in real life, it's still pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, so what's the metaverse version? Guessing what the IP address is. <laughs> it's not quite, yeah, it quite hit the same. Your, your, your Bitcoin password. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's some room to present optical illusions, you know, where the mm. viewer is watching something that tricks the eye, but in reality, by watching the video, if that makes sense. I'm thinking yeah. of like the Jerry Andrus swirling illusion where you watch this mm. and then your hand grows. So, you know, this, the viewer your can hand, get a, yep. you know, yeah. It, but it's almost like <laughs> you got to go there, brother. <laughs> well, if, I'm just thinking if you're at home now, you don't have to. Yeah, right. Light and of course. Your hand you got up. the OnlyFans show and then you got the YouTube show. And different yeah, things yeah. grow depending. All right, Bob, there's your new act. Yeah. Get on Oprah well, with that. The other thing that, it, you know what, going in that direction just for a second, the other thing it allows you to do is uh, do shows like, like the shows that we watch on TV now that people really are encaptured by are the, like the really far out ones like the boys that uh, Doug was m mentioned to me a little while back. And then I started watching it where superheroes as you know, are just doing the most debauchery stuff, but that's what we want to see. Yeah. Or like game of Thrones, you know, there's the most craziest stuff happening in there, but that's what we want to see. So I wonder if it just gives people a platform to do magic in a way that just like shouldn't be done. But makes people want to see that stuff, you know, like stuff that would just shock you, and uh, maybe yeah. it's a platform that that lets you do it. Because um, I don't know. It's Interesting. A, it's, it's yeah, the wild wild Who west. Knows? That's it. If anyone's going to do anything with it, though, it's going to be Bob Possible. I can already see him being uh, excited, <laughs> going yes. He'll be the first to do some kind of debauchery naked magic show. I'm sure. He, well, he has actually uh, sent me a video that is very similar to what we're talking about, but I'll leave it there. Mm. But Bob knows. Yeah, but yeah. imagine watching that live. You know, that's. Uh... I'm not sure you'd want to watch Bob's video live. <laughs> <laughs> what about a virtual magic shop? You could go in the magic store and kind of look around, and things are on shelves, and maybe you click on the demos and watch the demo video, and then mm. you could have a little shopping experience. That's probably a viable thing. That's a great idea. Yeah. yeah, provided there's enough magicians in the metaverse, that's the only thing. Is the uh, cost of setting that up worth the five people that are going to visit the shop? You'd have to wait a few years, I think, wouldn't you? We'll see. I was happy this week to uh, the Shopify platform integrated with YouTube, and I have now built what it will become uh, the DougCon Magic Store on YouTube. So if you click on my store link, here I am promoting my thing, you can actually buy products right from YouTube. It takes you to Shopify. Wow. In my opinion, this is a game changer for anyone that's in the retail business at all. But certainly, mm -hmm. if you're demonstrating magic tricks for sale, it's nice to have a little button right below your video that says buy it here. That's pretty amazing. I it know is. That it, they had limited it to tea, Teespring merchandise before. So you could only buy t shirts. And now it's anything on Shopify, except I learned this mm. uh, books are not allowed. So, like, I have a few digital books. Oh. 
they didn't uh, Google just did not allow the Insta buy those. There's some, there's some things. I guess they're oh, trying wow. to avoid some nefarious sales, like ebooks and stuff. Yeah, that and uh, maybe videos too. You know. And does that show yeah, up right. on? Is that purely long form? Does that show up on short it's, form as well? So I'm not sure about the short form, but I think it does. I think yeah, it shows up. Like if you're watching one of my videos in vertical, right on the bottom, there's going to be a row of magic tricks for you to pick from. Now, it's it's game, there now. Game today. changer. It is a I game can, changer. I can make. It, I can imagine that for Doug's videos. Like you see Doug do a video, and then at the bottom are the items you can purchase to learn what he's doing. We'll find right. out. Just, I don't know I what, just opened you know, it up like two days ago. So I don't, um, yeah, what's the fine line there? Like. I suppose they're paying money for it, so who cares? <laughs> you know, if they if they know what the materials are to learn it. But um, so yeah, I'm I, I'm not going to exp- well. Ma- here's what I'm planning on selling: beginners' tricks. Okay, so what difference does that mm. make? Yeah, you know, if, I, if, I, but, if I've got two dozen beginners' tricks up there and I'm selling those, is that is that doing anything but helping magic? That's right. But that, that's what I mean. Like there's a barrier to entry anyway for whatever the trick is because they have to pay money for it. So it's going to, it's only going to bring the people that are invested in it anyway. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, Shopify but, but, has, has been great for, uh, uh, for my girlfriend's business too, for horse products. She will um, put a post on Instagram and it tags the products as well. So, so yeah, like I'm very interested to, in integrating that. Mm. And let me tell you, for entering the Shopify universe at $5 a month to have this service available. And I had issues with some of the virtual files on my other website. Like I have a 500 megabyte file. That's a problem to distribute. Well, for $5 a month Mm. on Shopify, it's available, ready to roll. I set it up in one night and have been adding things to it. It's just a breeze. So, uh, and the beautiful thing for Shopify, Doug, is that it can calculate shipping worldwide. And, so and, you, and, and you are hitting the nail on the head. I get yeah. so many requests for that, <laughs> and have to. But now it's yeah, built right in. But so now you you don't have to lose money when you sell books because it will calculate mm-hmm. the shipping. Yeah, it, that's Absolutely. a dream come true for me. Let me tell you, the creator mm-hmm. economy is just booming. It, it's yeah. just going to grow and grow and grow. And know this too, this, this service where, where usually these things are, uh, you have to have a big uh, subscriber count. You need a thousand subscribers to access this, which is a thing, but it's have a reasonable yet, number. Well, but yeah. here's, here's what I'm saying is that we're close to that on the magic guys. Right. So now maybe we have mm. a magic guys store, right. After a solid year or two of working, you get the opportunity to develop your business and you have reasonable goals as a content creator to sell your product where you could sell, you could sell Josh's PNG animation skills. Hire Josh for the store. Hey, we could create NFTs from the, uh, the PNGs, you know, that's probably against the guidelines. The uh, the initial dog drawing is an NFT. That's got to be a thing. Yeah, right. We could put that up. Yeah. Figure that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's on our the the one that we're using in the logo now is on our merch. You know, it's on our hoodies and stuff. Uh oh. Now Jack's gonna want to cut. You ruined it all, Josh. Well, when I'll I sell some, when when I actually sell some, I'll, oh. I'll we can work it out. I know that's good too. Yeah. Let me grab it though. I don't know if you've seen it, Jack. Jack, how much of your uh, daily life is creating content? Is that like something you're doing on the daily? 
I would say approximately an hour or two a day is all I can okay. afford to at the moment. Yeah. So, but like I said, I do. Sorry. Go on. You got that. Pro- you like shoot a, a project and then just get the work on it hardcore. You you got that vision and yeah, just put the yeah. work in. I'm getting quite good at like picturing the end, the end product now. And, you know, I, do yeah. lot, I spend more time planning than I ever used to scripting. Mm-hmm. So I know exactly when I get the camera set up, what I need to film. Um, and I tend to take a lot of takes or used to anyway, but now it's the whole process. You get quicker and quicker with it. But as video quality goes up in terms of editing, that's, you just sort of moving the time from filming phase to editing phase. Um, so I don't think I make it stuff any quicker, but the quality is better probably. Right. Yeah. There we go. Look at that. Look at that baby. Oh, yes. It's yeah, on the mug. Nice. Oh, yeah. What's that? They're available at themagicguyshow.com, everyone. Yeah. I just realized the hoodie, we didn't. We purposely didn't put our face on it so that people could just have one uh, and not have to, like, represent the podcast. They could just have I'm a Magic Guy sense. or I'm a Magic Girl. Yeah. So, no commission on that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, right now it's uh, just through Squarespace, but, you know, it's all the same at the moment because <clears throat> uh, no one buys them, so, you know. Well, Jack, when you, when, you, when you construct a video project, do you uh, put any thought about, uh, like, what your audience would want versus what you want to do? Like, are you creating for them or for you? Uh, I should probably be creating for them, but I, I still haven't figured out my audience. I'm still yeah. in the early days of figuring out, yeah, long-term what, what okay. the audience is. Um, because if you look at the parodies, that's an entirely different audience to, for example, training someone to be a magician in 30 days. That's two very different audiences. Okay, this is a good point, right? Mm. Yeah, so I still think I'm figuring out exactly what the audience is. And until I know what the audience is, I can't figure out what they want. Um, so I will just do videos that basically get me excited. Yeah. Um, and then I'll... I'll because if, if I'm excited for it, Siri doesn't understand. <laughs> if, I, if I'm excited for it, I will put the work in for it. But if it's an idea that I'm not 100% behind and I'm just doing it for the views, I, I can't get behind it. And yeah. I, can't, I won't put in the passion it needs and it won't be as good an output as it could be. So, But there is, you know, at a certain point, you have to go, well, you know, people need to watch it. You can't just make stuff for yourself. Um, that's what the yeah. Art of Jack stuff was going full circle that's what that was that was just stuff for me because it was like oh i'll do a drawing i'll do some jokes and people might watch it and then no one watched it and as much as i'm liked making it for myself there's only so long you can go making stuff without people watching it until you go right i want to do stuff that's sort of gets seen um don't get me wrong passion projects are probably the best thing you know even if no one sees it if you make the best thing and you know that's the best thing it's about your enjoyment as much as it is everyone else's but it is nice knowing that other people can also enjoy your work as well. Um, so there is there is a give and take with it. And I think until I work out exactly what my audience is and the long-term strategy is, I'm not sure yet. Mm. I mean, we'll you definitely have the attention of the magicians, like the professional magicians, because they're seeing a lot of your parody videos about magicians. And I see them sharing it going, this is great humor. You know, this is hilarious. So it's almost... Yeah. Um, you know, that's one avenue of people I know that are watching this stuff. Like David Penn doesn't just share another magician's video unless it's really funny, you know. And I remember him sharing one of your videos and I was like, all right, this is hitting the uh, the magicians that 
aren't just trying to learn tricks when they first start, you know? Yeah, which is interesting because I never intended for, I never intended to make stuff for magicians. Good, but I stay think, that course. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you limit your market, don't you? Immediately, you limit your market. A lot. You just make, yeah. yeah, and you certainly shouldn't start a podcast that's just directed at magicians. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love the Magi. Nothing more do I love than the Magi. But yeah. when it comes to like expressing yourself as an artist and being rewarded for those expressions, if you can mm. focus on the layman, you're going to be a, such a happier person, you know? Yeah. Especially um, if you try to make a career out of it. If you try, if you yeah. try to make money out of it, you, you want to go for lay people all the time. But, you know, it's nice to know that it can be appreciate, appreciated by both. If you're doing a magic, yes. if you do a magic special that's intended for layman and it's well received by the magic community, that's a nice feeling. Absolutely. So you can hit, I think you can hit both markets there. You can, but it is sure. it is interesting that like a lot of my videos are just taking the Mickey out of magicians, and then it's magicians that are sharing it, and I'm like, this is not what I thought would happen. <laughs> I'm just waiting for Simon Cowell to share one. That that would be the ultimate, oh, the ultimate prize. That that would be beautiful. I mean, that could be some kind of off-brand secondary form of content for them is sharing. Have you envisioned doing, doing an seg- appearance on the show? AGT, an actual appearance? <laughs> yeah, you couldn't. I'd, no one would believe it's it's actually happened. Well, well I, mean, I would do maybe. it and then put it on YouTube as a parody and claim that yeah, I didn't go on. <laughs> Fool, Fool's is probably the more realistic one. I do uh, okay. have a little plan there. But if I do go on Fool's, uh, I will be announcing it as a parody and then just seeing if anyone picks up on it as an actual appearance. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Just ask. Because that would be uh, funny. Ask them if you can do your performance on the stage, but with a green screen behind you and be like, ah, it's, just for, it's just for later. That was my next question. Have you experimented with uh, working with yourself on video on stage where you're interacting with the video live, something along those lines? No, uh, no? but I do think it's something that definitely could be looked at. I, well, I, with, with any magic show, when they have the uh, close-up camera and they have it projected on the screen, I love all that stuff. That's great. Yeah, and I'm thinking maybe there's like more you can do with that, like an augmented reality thing or, right. or something like that. If I was going to do fools, I would do something that could only be done on camera. Okay. So, um, nice. and I'm saying yeah. this hoping that nobody nicks the idea, but I did a video ages ago where the whole thing was filmed in reverse, but you didn't realize it was in reverse until halfway through the video, and nice. then once, you, so once I reveal it's in reverse, I then do tricks that don't make sense when they're played normally if that makes sense so to wow. solve a rubik's cube wow would yeah so if, if when you solve a rubik's cube you shake it it goes from mixed to solved when you play that in reversed when you play that in reverse it goes from solved to mixed so <laughs> for that to be a trick in reverse it has to go from solved to mixed because in your head you go well that's it being mixed to solved mm. all these trippy things like you drop something uh-huh. well if that's in reverse actually he's levitated it into his hand so the, and the more you think about it, the less it makes sense. So something like that, that is magic, but only works on camera and then gets away from this whole thing of uh, magic's better in person. Well, it's not because you mm. won't ever see something done in reverse in person. You'll only ever see love, it on the video. Love that. I'm now so, having the same feeling the last short I watched that create. I'm like, well, here's our new millennium of uh, entertainers coming, showing up to do the work. You know, <laughs> it's the, well, we're here now. I thought that Ozzy Wynn did a great job of using the video medium. If you guys remember his routine with the, he explains how the trick works, but then you get fooled because that actually can't be the method. Yeah. And, um, we'll have to see that. I don't think I've seen that one. 
Oh, bro. I won't say any more then if you haven't watched it. Is it on, is it on YouTube? Absolutely. Oh, it's Fooler's appearance, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Big Fooler. And it's something he created for for the show. So he knew the parameters of, you know, where cameras could can be and, you know, how things will be perceived. Bloody great. I think that's... Yeah, you know who pioneered that really well was uh, the guy, I'm not remembering his name, but, um, uh, oh my God, you know, he had the headset on, so he was doing a story deck, but you'd see, like, it would register certain cards and it would start doing virtual reality amongst it. He did a TED Talk. Someone in the in the chat knows who I'm talking about here. But he would show, like, the two of hearts and then it would register, the headset would register that and then, like, a woman would appear standing on the card and then, like, he would do a rubber dub vanish, but virtually it would put a card back there. So really, he it looks like he's sitting wow. a card down, and then it could virtually dissipate and disappear. Oh, that's See, cool. I love that stuff. That's crazy. Oh my god! Yeah. But that came out like ten years ago. You know, before we were really diving into the virtual world. Um, See, I'm flashback into 1980 oh. whatever when I saw Penn and Teller on Saturday Night Live. Live. And they did this skit where their method was they were hanging upside down. Yes. The classic. Talk about the classic yeah, rights. Right. But, uh, yeah. you know, doing this and that, live. And that would only work on camera. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah. there's our visionaries, Penn and Teller. Thank 1980s. you, David. Marco Tempest is the uh, magician I'm trying to. I was going to say, Marco. I should have just said it. The yeah, obvious choice. It. Good call, David. Yeah, well, if yeah, if you do now, if anyone goes and looks up his stuff, it's from a while back, but it's like cutting edge stuff to what we would hope to try and do now. Yeah, he did a whole series called The Virtual Magician, right? That's the name of the yeah. Yeah, I think I think he went on a Got Talent show with drones, and the drones were able to fly around and and make Whoa. words and stuff and nice. crazy stuff. I dig that. Insane, insane. But Jack, you know, you're an engineer, so I feel like that kind of stuff is sort of in your realm, right? Like, yeah, yeah it's definitely civil, civil engineer or what type of nuclear, nuclear engineer. What? Oh, snap. Yeah. Hang on a second. A nuclear engineer. Can you explain what that entails? It's funny because people in the magic community, when I say that I'm a nuclear engineer, it's the same response as when I'm in the nuclear world and I tell them I'm a magician. Like, <laughs> they're just like, are you you're taking a piss? No. Nuclear engineer on nuclear reactors. Um, yeah. It's as you picture it on the Simpsons with the green stuff flying about and everyone has six fingers. Wow. No, the only one um, I can reference is Chernobyl, but that's not a great reference point. Because no. I just watched the series. That's a good we'll series. That. That's a oh, good it's series. So good. It's horrifying, but it's It good. really is. Yeah. It's, we'll picture that if everything didn't go to shit, basically. <laughs> so if they had you working there, yes, it's it would be better. Yeah, and so, there'd be a lot more. They'd have magic tricks at dinner time as well. They'd yeah, just be happier. So is that is that so? Are you actually working in a nuclear plant? Yes. Yeah, I, I can't like. There's only so much I can say, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, I I work with the fuel um, and I work on the nuclear reactor. Um, so as you can imagine, it's quite, this yes. is where it's like, you do a full day there, you come back home and it's like, right, now we're in creator mode and let's make some videos. <laughs> it's two very different worlds. Um, yeah, which wow. is interesting. That explains like, why you have such a tan in the UK. 
because you're working around nuclear energy <laughs> My, all the time. Pure alpha radiation, that's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, the problem solving, it seems to be a natural tie-in there, right? Because there's got to be a lot of that going on in your work. Yeah. Well, I think that's true for any engineer or scientist. Like a lot of magicians develop that interest of wanting to know how things work because they've got that engineer mindset. Or I just, this is a puzzle that needs solving. Mm-hmm. And it's kind, mm. it's kind of linked. Like it's a little bit, this is where magic kind of touches on everything. Like we've mentioned before, it touches on the art stuff. You've got video production, but there's also like this scientific side to it, understanding psychology, understanding problem solving. Yep. That's mm. all. It, magic encompasses so many different things. Yes. So, which is why it's so easy to get obsessed by it because you've got all these different mediums that play into it. And if you can, if you have these and all of them, your magic will be amazing. Um, and I think that the engineering stuff definitely, like, if you, I, th- I would recommend any magician sort of, if you've never really lo- like looked into science and engineering, get into it because, in fact, get into any sort of medium like that because it will strengthen your understanding of how the tricks work and how you can make them work and how you can plus, come up with new stuff plus, as well. Then you have a good job. So when magic is, uh, doesn't pay the bills, you can go feed your family. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and having six fingers from the nuclear radiation does help with slight hand. There is that. Yeah. And if you can attract metals like a magnet, you know, you're, you're, you're sorted. You don't have to learn the muscle class. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, two different worlds. It is funny how, uh, how different they are, but it's good. I think it's healthy as well. If, if the only thing you do is one thing and that's all you become obsessed by, I think it's healthier having a few different things because they all, good advice. It, it, it mm-hmm. makes you a more well-rounded person as well. Nope. It sounds like they also liked hiring you because you're a magician. So you, your job is to keep secrets and it sounds like that's what you have to do at the power plant yeah. as well. <laughs> Magician's code was on the CV. <laughs> yeah. They didn't actually know I was a magician and then just like run the halfway through like, my career just started doing magic tricks at dinner time and then it's like oh my god so now yeah go and do some magic tricks whenever we have like new people come and visit right jack you go sort them out with some magic and get them in a good mood it would be hilarious yeah. if you're like oh yeah go see jack jack's been working here the longest and you're like oh how's it going yeah, you, can, you can do that too after 10 years <laughs> you start doing uh liquid metal like bending the forks and everything yeah you'll get used to it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll do that after year three. Don't worry. One of these things. <laughs> yeah, or you start popping out like the D lights, you know, like, ah, oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm trying to, oh, trying you to know wear what? that off. This is, this is going to be me tomorrow now. This is you a whole show. Yeah. Well, at least you need one of these, Jack. Whoa. <laughs> I don't think we saw, we only heard the Funkin' Ring. <laughs> Imagine a six foot stream of sparks like a quality Funkin' Ring would have produced. Yep. <laughs> I, I did a video today, which I ended up scrapping. I shot this damn Funkin' Ring off about 50 times. Nothing like shooting a Funkin' Ring off 50 times and then scrapping yeah. the project you shoot. But yeah, I did think you ever get lost. Did you ever juice. get one of the, the, did you ever get one? Of, oh, there we go. Did you ever get a Kevin James one that was like an automatic? Man, ring? I wish I had today. That's for sure. Yeah. You know who makes what a good one is, uh, or did, is uh, Daniel Sylvester. He's got one that just goes. It just goes. Yeah. Maybe Ooh. that's the one Kevin James sold. I think it is. I think that's what Kevin James was selling is uh, Sylvester's. I believe it. Yeah, I think it was. Oh, that's cool. <clears throat> yeah, Jack, I, th- I think that could be a whole character arc for you, is a nuclear magician. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. 
That's never been done before. Probably for good reason. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. All right. I'm well, looking hey. forward to the busking video. I can't wait Ab- to see that, Jack. Absolutely. Before yeah. we go, um, anything you want to add before we uh, depart our fellow magicians here? Shopify, NFT for Dubcom next week. Get on it. Thanks for listening. It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of The Magic Guys. 